pale horse. The man who sat on him was dead. And hell followed with him. You're killing me, man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Declarations of War. I am your host, Alexei Card, joined by my co-host, Yin Tan. Howdy, howdy. And at some point, Artemis Albosa may join us later. In the meantime, our special guest for this evening, longtime friend of the show, former noir, quote, director, unquote, Nydia Masters. I don't have anything important to say. I just literally barged in and demanded to be here. <laughs> it's true. But, uh, lacking any other guest, I was like... Okay. Don't sound so convinced that it's a good idea. Showing that I mean, it hasn't been prior, so just all that all it takes to get on this podcast is just ask Alec really insistently, and he will let you come on. Not a bad strategy. Usually, the strategy for getting on the show is like if you've done something interesting or have something on my mind that that you're like directly relevant to, I may reach out to you. Otherwise, it's people like, "Hey, I'm doing this thing." Like, can I get on the show? And if you're not boring, probably you could. Nitty is many things. He is never boring. Offensive, crude, misogynist, bad at the game. Yes. Bad at every game. I've been accused of this uh, all on my own Discord today. Alright guys, first some shoutouts. I'm going to give a shout out to K3DJ and Freeze for my first on-stream Twitch subs. I became an affiliate recently. Dinu was my first sub ever, but K3 and Freeze did it while I was broadcasting. And it was a truly epic moment. So thank you so much for supporting me and my channel. Yin? Yeah, my personal uh, shoutout is a double shoutout. One to uh, a guy who does not wish to be named uh, and prefers a shout-out using a codename of Caesar. So, you know what he did. Thank you very much. And also to a close friend of mine, uh, Fardender, uh, who is quitting the game, very sadly, and uh, bequeathed me his nicks. So I now finally have a super, but I'm down one friend, and I would not take that trade any day. That's a bad trade, but at yes, least he gave you his stuff. That's a real friend. Yeah. Keeping it keeping it safe for him. You plan on actually taking it into combat, or? Of course, he he would never forgive me if I didn't get at least some blood on it. Nice. So, so soon you'll be down a friend and a nix. Yeah, soon. Then more on back. that later. So we had a poll. Oh, uh, by the way, we have advertising spots on Declarations of War open currently. There's two openings. If you want to get your Alliance Project Corp website, meetup, real-life product or company onto Declarations of War, contact Alexei of Card in-game for more information. Can I just get a picture of me? I don't want to advertise anything. I just want a picture of me there. And how would you propose to put a picture in the podcast? <laughs> Magic. <laughs> If you like, I could put it in the show notes. That That's possible. Okay, then. <laughs> for, for the right price. All right, so we had a poll. 
<laughs> based on some recent events. If you wanted an ally's space, would you let someone invade them just so you could take it la take it later by attacking the people that invaded them? 50% of our audience say yes. Absolute savage. I mean... And Nitty, I think, will tip the scales. I, I, I will say I've done essentially this or the equivalent. Actually, fairly recently, we sort of uh, us in Horde, we ended up kicking out a pure blind cartel, which can you still be named after a region if you don't live there anymore, by the way? That's why I would never name my alliance after a region. It seems like a terribly short-sighted thing to do. Right. Basically like saying, I will fail the cascade after <laughs> I lose my space. I mean, to be fair, despite the mistyping of their name, Stain Elaine's actually stayed in Stain for quite a lot of years. But, I mean, so we ended up kicking them out for reasons I won't really go into. And, I mean, I won't lie, I've I've thought about it and gone to, I won't say my current CEO, because I don't want to incriminate myself, but previous CEOs and said, you know these guys that live over there, can we get them invaded because they're shit? Yeah, I've I've had this discussion more than once. I mean, I guess the obvious question, why don't you just do it yourself? Why should I have to dirty my hands? You're gonna get, you're gonna have to do it eventually, anyway, right? Yeah, but at the end, when it doesn't have to be that much work. Oh, you wait till the ADMs are reset, and then you go for it. Oh, gotcha. Exactly. I I would have to vote no here. It just that seems like such a bitch-made move when you can't even like admit that you don't want your allies anymore. Like, I don't know, that just seems so dishonorable. <laughs> Space honor! I mean, it's, it's just a dick move. If you don't like someone, punch them in the mouth. Don't, like, let them get... Just don't, like, take them down an alley and let them get stabbed and be like, Oh no, let me call the ambulance. Oh no, there's no signal. And just watch them bleed out in front of you. Because you don't get, you want to get your hands dirty. I mean, I'm, I'm trying this. Move. There's just no bars, man. I'm like I'm moving it around. I, I, I'm doing what I can. Yeah, don't do that. Just, just beat some people to death, like yourself. Your, your members are going to enjoy it more, and it's going to feel like you earned it. My thing is, I, I appreciate the, the backstabbiness of it. I don't think that's that bad. But I mean, at some point, you're going to have to have that conversation. Because those allies are probably going to want that space back, and when you don't give it to them, like, I mean, eventually you're going to have to have that conversation, so why not just have it, you know? Yeah. it's It sort of happens in every coalition where you have a set of people where they're not, some of them are not always pulling their weight, and maybe for the good of the coalition, you need to have a real discussion of, should they still be here? And I've I've seen this quite a few times over my years, many many years in Eve, and I mean even as quickly as Providence, it was a a discussion that came up more than once. I mean I think there's two parts to it. The one is um, you know just doing that, and the other one is like doing it intentionally. I think there's absolutely plenty of times where you would want to go oh. You know, we're under attack, this alliance isn't pulling their weight, let's, like, not give them their stuff later. That's fine. This is, like, intentionally going, I am deliberately making the choice 
not to help these people. We want them to get invaded and lose their space. <laughs> For the sole purpose of we want that space instead. That seems pretty shit. Well, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you sort of have to look out for your own alliance first before, you know, maybe a smaller alliance that, for whatever reason, is not quite pulling their weight in their coalition, isn't really working out, and such and such. Yep. I mean, it's not... I'm not talking about, like, you know, in a case of it's just pure malice, you know, I'm going to stab someone in the back just to see if my knife is sharp. More of a case of... I'm doing this because I want to help my alliance, the rest of the coalition, and these 300 guys can re be replaced with another 300 guys that say actually PvP, for example. And I think that's like a really important note. And at the end of the day, we have to remember that we are actually playing Eve, believe it or not, not like Hello Kitty Online. We don't have to be nice to each other for the sake of being nice to each other. Yeah. We don't necessarily I'm not, say, have to I'm not saying like don't invade them because they're bad. I'm saying like why are you fucking waiting for someone else to do it? Fuck, fuck them up yourself. Well, I mean, again, it's, you know, sometimes it's just easier to sort of maneuver someone else to do the work for you. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I I get where you're coming from. I'm just like I'm always of the mindset of I would rather have the fun of invading someone over not have the fun of invading someone. But I guess I guess if they are getting invaded anyway, like I guess the people who've just invaded it are going to be more want willing to fight for it. So maybe you get some better fights. I can see the argument for content there. It just it seems like a lot of effort for a minimal payoff. It's definitely not. A black and white situation is there's so many variables and I can name well if you have done this or have been on the receiving end of it it might be interesting to hear your story so write into us and maybe we'll read you on the air Eve Manchester it's going to be a thing you didn't take it away yeah so Eve Manchester is a small event I'm going up to it's been organized by uh, various different people, but I know there's going to be a fairly significant Providence presence up there. So I just wanted to kind of reach out to everyone who listens to this podcast and say, come along. Uh, just Google Eve Manchester. I'll look up the details right now because I don't actually live in Manchester, so I'm not entirely sure where it is right yet. I'm just staying around a friend's house. There it is. It's, uh, it's Sandistas on the 22nd of July at uh, about 7, and it'll probably go until the wee hours of the morning, where we'll be getting very drunk. Turnout-wise, how does this compare to, say, EVENT or Eat London? Um, I'd say it's probably going to be a little smaller than that, but, you know, we'll have to see. I'm just. Gonna if you haven't been to an EVE meetup yet, and you ha this is your opportunity, I would strongly encourage you to do it. They're fantastic. You'll, you'll have a blast. You'll get to network with a lot of players. Um... They're they're really a great experience for Eve players of all experience levels and backgrounds. It's also these smaller ones that really need sort of the love. Um, you know, some of these smaller ones, you know, can vary. Yeah, I say small, but some of them can still get to a few hundred people in some cases. But these are the ones that really sort of bring local communities together, and it's really important because yeah, I've been playing this game like. 12 years now and to tell you the truth I don't really know anyone local that plays so it's sort of something I've always really wanted is a local real meet like that like like Manchester like Amsterdam and, and Eve down under
because those are the ones where uh, you hear stories about great parties. Yeah, we tried doing a regular meetup here in San Francisco for a while, but uh, you know, one of the key players that organized it moved away and just kind of fell apart at that point. It sucks, though, because they were fun. Small, but fun. Just like me. <laughs> just like Nydia. Wow. Wow, you guys. Bringing it back to the pre-show. Uh, I believe Yin is actually shorter than Nydia, so there's I that. I'm shorter than both of you, actually. Well, of course, because Nydia is shorter than I am. Good lord, can you see over the dashboard of a car? No. I actually, uh, I need a periscope. I just had that image in my head for a second. <laughs> just, just, thought just thought I'd throw that out there. You know? While sitting on a phone book? Yep. <laughs> Alright. So big news. The big news, I think. Well, there's there's two big pieces of news, but I think one is more significant than the other because the second one keeps getting qualified back, whereas before I thought it was very important, and now it doesn't seem as important. Anyway, things are being removed from EVE that will avail allow development to be faster. Things which hopefully very few people will miss. The captain's quarters, bye-bye baby, and the Twitch integration, both being removed from the game very soon so that uh, devs do not have to continually think about uh, you know these integrations and these features when they're making new stuff. This will hopefully allow them to develop things faster, cleaner code, uh, and just not have to worry about putting resources into double work. For instance, if there's a different engine to render a ship in the captain's quarters than versus not, I don't know exactly what the details are, but there is some there is some duplicative work there to keep the captain's quarters alive, and they are just done with it because apparently. Even if they wanted to go full incarnate and show you what's on the other side of the door, uh, they would have to redo the engine and everything from the bottom up anyway because the technology is so old. I am pleased. Nids, I know you're a big Walking Stations fan. Um, yeah, that's for sure. Um, years ago when they first announced it, I was totally on board with the concept having come earlier from earth and beyond where there were i wouldn't say it's you know definitely a parity between the two but the concept sort of existed in that game so it was something that we sort of wanted in eve especially to sort of bring up the rp and the lore a bit um the final product that was released at the time was a single captain's quarters or at the time we were calling it captain's closet which was, uh, re first of all, removing the ship-spinning concept in, uh, entirely for over a week, which enraged people, was burning down uh, video cards quite literally in some cases. And Very literally. <laughs> actual <laughs> fires. And um, was actually only one captain's closet at the time, which was just the hideous Mimitar one. Um, since those days, which was, shit, going all the way back to, like, 2011, maybe? Um, I've barely looked at it at all. Um, there's been no real changes to it. The only time I could really remember the Captain's Closets at all was 
you know, seeing it on dust, I guess, which was still quite different. Um, then they said there was just going to be no no further advancements into it in the near future, and everything that was promised was not there. And honestly, I'm okay with it because since the famous Incarna riots, the the development of the game in general in terms of PvP and what we called at the time fighting in space has been dramatically better than it was uh, to the years previous to that. Like, it, like tremendously better. The game's in a better state, I find, than it was definitely before that time. And uh, yeah, I, I I tend to agree. I don't know. I don't know anyone in 2017 that uses it. Uh, I'm sure I have a whole bunch of newbies that don't have it at all. And I kind of saw the writing on the wall over a year ago when citadels were released and the button to enter the captain's closet wasn't actually there and i was like oh i guess this is going away (laughs) it was a bit of a a dead giveaway um for me i had used it briefly just for the fun of it it got old real quick so it wasn't really anything to do i think the coolest thing that was there was the agent finder but then they moved the agent finder out of the captain's quarters anyway and gave you the option to access it other places. So literally the only point to it was gone. Watching the TV was cool for a bit, um, especially because you could program it with your own videos if you were so inclined. But, you know, again, just whatever. And and now those videos are, for the most part, those types of videos anyway, for the most part available when you're in your ship now because they're in the billboards inside the stations. So, it's just really no point to having it. It, it. So you could walk around outside of your ship. You couldn't do anything. No one else could see you. Couldn't interact with anyone or anything that was meaningful. And it sounds like it's a lot of work to maintain, or at least some non-trivial amount of work to maintain. And as such, holding back other parts of EVE development, slowing things down. And fighting in space should definitely be the, the priority. I'm not saying there should never be some kind of walking in stations feature, but I would like it to be more like the uh, the theoretical replacements for Incarna that were shown to CSM at one point. We got to see an alpha build of a of some actual gameplay, and it was it was alpha. Um, it got leaked at like some I think it was EVNT, some British Eve meetup uh, where they like put it on a projector for some reason. <laughs> I think they got super drunk. Um, but it looked pretty cool. It was like a, a, a dungeon-y exploration kind of thing with like all kinds of hazards, like loose wires and plasma gas that would shoot out. And you had to figure your way through this dangerous ship that was falling apart with the idea being there'd be some kind of like dank salvage at the end of it, which you and your crew could get. And... As it was explained to me, the, the whole idea would be while this was going on, there would be, like, ships in space. I mean, again, theoretically. Uh, so that the external world could, like, still attack you. Like, the external EVE world. You know, you wouldn't be perfectly safe with your ship while you were doing this. Um, I think this presumed that, like, there would be, uh, I assume, some kind of new structure, maybe like a wrecked station that had this interaction with it, as opposed to every station uh, where you could dock. But that's like super concepty. I don't think it ever really went anywhere beyond that 
demo, but from what I understand, the demo was pretty engaging. And if that were the direction, I would be cool with it. But the amount of work it would take to get that versus the amount of work Eve needs right now, that's uh, just really hard for me to justify. And I'm glad that CCP is not trying. Yeah, pretty much agreed on most counts here. I would love. Yeah, and I know a... you're super NDA'd, but do you want to give your your thoughts? Yeah, like I hope one day we do get a return to Captain's Quarters with it done properly. But for now, I'm glad we're also taking a break from this to look into things that should have been done years ago, like a 64-bit client thief. I think I think that most people in general would be sort of entirely okay with the walking in stations concept if it was something similar to what was originally announced which was things like the concept of you know guild halls and playing poker tables and just hanging around people nothing nothing that really sort of impacts the game it's just sort of a, you know a putz around thing replacement ends as opposed to spinning the ship but just something you could sort of interact and show off your characters to other people it's just that wasn't what we got we got a a little itty bitty quarters that sort of you couldn't do anything with. You just walk from one end of the bridge to the to the ship to the other end. And granted, it looked really fucking good. I mean, in some of those stations, you sit you sit there, you see your gigantic ship towering above you. That's that's wallpaper material right there. Like any day of the week, it doesn't matter what ship's there. You can put a bellicose there. You'll have that as your desktop forever. It looks that cool, but. That's all it really was, is it kind of looks cool, but doesn't really do anything. So. And some of the tech was really interesting. Like, they had the mirror, and I think at the time that was kind of a breakthrough. Yeah. Like a true reflective surface. That was pretty neat. But again, you couldn't really do much with it. No, and that's sort of what's sad, and, you know, it just became a meme, like, what's behind the door? Yes, if you haven't tried the captain's quarters... There is a door to the outside station that you literally can't open. They'd show you where it would be if they were to ever add it, and then they haven't added it in, what, six years, seven years? Six years about now. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a little bit sad, and like I said, I, I would definitely would like them to see it revisited at one point with, you know, more modern technology and a better vision as opposed to, you know... Here's something, by the way, we're going to finish the rest uh, someday. Yeah. yeah, if it ever comes back, it's got to be way more feature complete. Like, the idea of a minimum viable product, I know from working in the tech industry now, is, is a very popular term. I think companies that talk about minimum viable products usually have very different ideas about what is viable than the people they're trying to sell said product to. Captain's Quarters was early access before that was a thing on Steam. Jesus. But yeah, and goodbye. Just... And as for the Twitch integration, it sounds like not that many people used it, and I can easily see why. It sounds great, right? Oh, let's just have Twitch integration. It'll be so easy. People will stream all the time. But OBS... Like, if you're a serious, even not even a serious streamer, just a fairly casual streamer, OBS is relatively easy to set up, especially for PC games. And you can do so much more. You can cover up your windows. You can add your webcam. 
with the Twitch integration in EVE, you can't add your webcam. And minimum, a streamer needs the cam to survive. I've seen literally one streamer across Twitch and Camcord that reached any kind of success without using their webcam. Just one. And it's, I mean, so he proved that it's literally possible, but he's the exception that proves the rule. You need the webcam to be able to connect with an audience. And to differentiate yourself, you're going to need a little bit more than that. you got to put, be able to put a little effort in somewhere. Cover up an important uh, chatting window, for instance. Add some information about where to follow you on Twitter. Uh, maybe if you want to really get real hardcore overlays and graphics to make your screen you know, more varied and exciting than the base stock view that everyone else sees. you got to stand out from the crowd. And without these things, you're not really setting your players up for success. So players are not using it. They're using OBS and XSplit and these fairly easy-to-use programs to set up actual proper stream canvases. And they're not using the, the integrated thing. And if removing it makes developing the game easier, then I am 100% for it. I think it's important to note that... Um most people don't realize that the Twitch integration in Eve is actually very old. If I remember, it was like it, right? It was like 2012, 2013, or something like that. Sort of before OBS and XSplit were really that popular. So, as a sort of very basic Twitch streaming integration concept, that you know, having it in directly built into the game was a relatively new concept, not just for Eve, but sort of online gaming in general, and you know. I, I sort of get why they're removing it now in the sense of like, you know, something like OBS is really kind of stupid proof in terms of how to use it. Like, you really have to be dumb about it. Um, so I guess at this point, you know, keeping up with Twitch's uh, APIs and whatever other software that they have to take care of every whatever period they do is, is probably taking a few too many resources for it and it's sort of past its good life. Yeah, I mean, it reads like a, I mean, maybe best case is an experiment. And that kind of makes sense. I think a lot of game companies have learned the hard way that just integrating a streaming service doesn't automatically mean people are going to use it and people are going to watch that content. I mean, I can think back to when Camcord was doing stuff with SDKs uh, where we would give integrations to developers to let them like put video clips onto our site it really depended on how good the integration was sometimes the integration was really awesome and you know the players could start and stop and add voice and all this kind of stuff and then sometimes it was really shit and it was just a straight level replay with no additional voice or anything and i mean the difference in content quality of even that little bit was tremendous so I mean, even the, the, the most popular integration-based content didn't really get that far. Like, what really took off in popularity was when players of the game were able to take what they recorded through the integration, download it to their own computers, cut it up, and re-upload it to us. That stuff was crazy popular because, it, you know, players were able to be more creative with it, add music, add text, intros, cut multiple videos together. That was the stuff that people wanted to watch. And streaming is just that, but more. 
plus live interaction. So it's just it's just generally more accessible to everyone in general, like in general now. I mean, it used to be a time that four or five years ago, not even that you had to have a decent setup to do it, a decent mic, a decent camera. Now any Joe Schmo with a simple laptop can take care of it. And I mean, it works. It, it really does work. And you get a few followers and all of a sudden you're quote unquote popular and making five bucks every few minutes or whatever it is. And, you know, good for them. I mean, it's 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 great. So, but I mean, it's, it is a little sad to see it go away from Eve, I guess. But uh, I do understand why it's being done, and it it probably is a better thing in the long term. All right, let's let's talk about a specific piece of balance before we move on to the next big thing that I alluded to earlier. T3 Rebalance is now live. I have not personally used them yet, but a quirkmate of mine has made a really terrifying Proteus fit <laughs> in terms of uh, hunting capability. How do we think the balance is, the rebalance is doing? What's the verdict? Um, they're not all rebalanced equally. That's important to note. Like, they they have all been rebalanced, but some have been rebalanced more than others. Yes, definitely. Um, I've been playing with fits for most of them in general, trying to sort of put some things back together. Straight up across the board, the hunter-killer concept is not doing well because, generally speaking, they're much slower for line times and things like that. They're, they're a little more you have to be a lot more careful kind of concept in terms of getting killed. That being said, these things can actually fight with a cloaking device installed now, which, generally speaking, last week was not possible. You'd get 200, 300 DPS out of Tengu unless you started really fitting it specifically to do that with a cloaking device. Now you're getting past 500 without even sneezing. Yeah, the uh, Proteus set that he was working on, I think the blaster damage is close to 700. I believe it. I absolutely believe it. It's, 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 uh, these things, they're, I find them more versatile. They've condensed the subsystems quite a bit. They have a subsystem base that fits three of these additional subsystems, so now you can heavily refit in space or anywhere you go. Uh, these, uh, I think the quote-unquote balance of the Tech 3 cruisers is sort of gone backwards, actually. I think that, generally speaking, they're more versatile, more useful. There's definitely some de number changes, like Tengu's DPS on certain fits has definitely gone down. Its EHP has gone down a bit. Some of the hunter-killer setups for some of the others have not been great, but still do work. But because of their, vers their versatility has gone way through the roof. And I think that's made them generally more powerful than they were last week. Yeah, I'm waiting for a Pypha update. In fact, maybe it has come and I just haven't seen it yet. Oh, but I want to really get there. It's already there? All right, cool. And I'll probably be working with them tonight or tomorrow. Um, well, just seeing what I can get out really of it. Good. Like, the HML Loki seems pretty great. Like, it's not overbearingly powerful, but it's good. And I think that's... Like, kind of, they all seem to be in a much healthier place. Like, the Proteus and the Legion, still good. They still do exactly what they need to do at a fleet level. They just don't have 300k HP anymore. They have, like, 200. 
the Loki no longer has like 400k HP. It's down to like maybe 240 if you really bling it. It's great. Yeah, and as the... Well, I guess Nidia also does some fleet fight FC, but I think you're you're like a coalition level leader. How do you think these things stack up to say battleship doctrines, battle cruiser doctrines, and hack doctrines? Where do, where do these fit in the meta? Well, it depends what what by what you're saying when you say battleship doctrine. Are you talking about Macarials or other battleships? Because there's a pretty clear differentiation at this point between them and all other battleships. Well, alright, let's split it up. Like, the Mac Nightmares, regular battleships, battle cruisers, and hacks. Alright, well, the T3s are now a lot slower, um, unless you fit them with MWDs, in which case they can actually be pretty fast now. Uh, they've lost a lot of their agility, and they've gained a lot of SIG. So they are effectively, well, they're, they're basically similar to um, almost command ships in terms of, like, how weighty they feel when you use them. They no longer can like just walk around on grid and not really have to worry about being tackled because they can frag everything on grid. And they're also a little more dependent on um, triage than they were previously because they've lost so much uh, EHP. They desperately need that extra rep power to keep them alive. Uh, and that, again, kind of nerfs their overall strategic mobility within a fight. They've also lost, a, they've also kind of, actually I think they've kept mostly the same range, so that's not changed, which is good, because I don't think um, any of them were particularly egregiously um, powerful in terms of range, apart from the Tengu, which is kind of probably the worst one. Like, the Proteus and the Tengu seem to be the worst off, in my opinion. For fleet combat. The Legion and the Loki both seem the best there to me. But I haven't really had time to properly play about with the Proteus. I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, I'm pretty sure that there's stuff that just railguns can offer you because medium railguns are the best of all the medium range, uh, sorry, the medium long range guns. In general, they seem good but not overbearing i think they will do well against t1 battleships um i think they'll do very very poorly against macarials they always have that's easily been their worst matchup in the past mm -hmm. couple of years is against the autocannon macario with a newt um because their weaknesses have always been to being neutered down by a fleet now where do you think they're at with we'll say command ships and hacks these tech 2 ships uh, they're definitely better than hacks, um, you know, easily so. Uh, but they've kind of, they've lost, like, the huge edge they used to have. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some hacks coming back. Um, Zealot might make a return just due to cost reasons. But I wouldn't expect to see, um, you know, for example, the... Any, any of the other hacks like the Eagle be used over a Tengu or a Loki. It just doesn't make sense, uh, especially not when you have things like the Vulture and the Slapnir, which can perform similar roles. Well, that's a good lead into our next point, which is speaking of balancing ships, CCP now has an actual, not balance, but rather, quote, ships and modules team, even though it should be a balanced team, was 
pitched pretty much as a balanced team, and the CSM tells us it's a balanced team, but apparently it's not a balanced team. So if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, CCP wants us to call it a chicken? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> and there have been there have been some some statements by people on the team that maybe indicate that they're not doing balancing so much as developing new ships and modules and mechanics. But God, we really need some balancing. We need some regular balancing. I've been a huge proponent of this. I know a lot of folks are against it. They want to have more stability to the meta. I don't want stability to the meta. I want things to constantly be tweaked and changed. I'm a big fan of the League of Legends style balancing where, I mean, not not saying that they're perfect, but in terms of their frequency, um, basically every two to four weeks, they do a significant balance pass where they'll take a look at champions or in our case ships that everyone is using or a huge amount of people are using and using really successfully. And then they'll look at champions or in our case ships that are not being used or when they are being used they're doing very poorly and they will tweak numbers sometimes they'll even change entire mechanics if that's needed it could that's... be like oh this this frigate the sig radius needs to drop on this let's like take two or three off the sig radius uh this thing's a little too strong uh let's shave five percent off the shield hit points on the carrier or something like that they'll make those little adjustments constantly and nothing is static i think that's so much healthier for the game it adds constant replayability because you can now try new ships the ships that you're used to having suddenly they have new matchups that are more exciting um i just think it's great I, i'm all for additional balance to the game maybe not in a four-week time frame as i mean we have whole campaigns that don't even last that, like that long in some cases that <laughs> you know we could be stuck in the same system for that amount of time and not I mean, like, quarterly maybe maybe yeah a quarterly is a lot more reasonable quarterly is also like, what we suggested to ccp funnily enough what i don't like is this concept that there are whole ship classes that go unused for years in the meta like when was the last time you really saw a, a true hack doctrine for example in the last three or four years services uh, Cerberus is sure, but generally speaking, uh, the hack concept is almost dead, it feels like. Um, and really, Cerberus are only because the weapon system they use is overpowered, not because the ship right. is decent. HMLs are by far the most common way to use them in large-scale combat. Not Right, but uh, sort of like one, one ship type out of eight is not really a suggestion that hacks are quote-unquote being used to any large No, no, I'm not saying that. And but I'm just this, this is sort of a, a recurring problem in Eve over you know a decade that you know you have whole ship classes that just aren't touched for years and years and years and thus never get used because nobody wants to touch them because their meta sucks terribly and uh, I think CCP's problem is that they have a habit of nerfing things and I think what they really should be looking at in a lot of cases is sort of buffing things like you know we we talk about. Uh, Tech 3 strategic cruisers not being overused a little too much and sort of taking over the role that should be related to hacks. Well, maybe it's not the strategic cruisers the problem. Maybe it's the hacks are very underpowered. I don't think you can just say that as a uh, as a general rule they should be buffing instead of nerfing. If you just have constant buffs, then the game gets inflated. You need balance. 
true balance in that some things need to be nerfed and other things need to be buffed. Do hacks need to be buffed? 100%. Hacks need to absolutely be buffed. I'm not going to argue there. Oh, yeah. But were Tech 3s overtuned? In some cases, yes. And then, like, some of the systems were absolute garbage and needed to be changed so that they were more viable within the class itself. That I think they did well. But I, I think I think it is a fair generalization to say that CCP, over all these years, has a habit of nerfing something, as opposed to buffing it instead. And uh, it's it's I mean it's sort of you know when you're bringing a ship down, bringing a ship down, bringing a ship down, and then when something changes, all of a sudden you look around and you're sort of left behind in the wind. And this is sort of I feel like what ended up happening to hacks because. Hacks and their, you know, their uh, their resist used to be much higher. For example, I felt like their DPS, generally speaking, could be quite higher in previous years, and now they're sort of lower. Then the strategic cruisers came out, and we were like, "Well, why would we fly these now that we could buy these for, you know, 200, 300 mil in some cases?" I'd like to point out that I don't think legions were sorry. I don't think zealots and things were ever directly nerfed, and I don't think their resists were ever nerfed. I think things got buffed around them and introduced around them. Uh, which kind of impacted their viability. Um, battle cruisers, for example, uh, the sorry, the retribution era battle cruisers are a good example of things that used to get eaten alive by hacks, but now actually present a significant challenge to them. Definitely, but I mean, it's it's. I mean, the perfect example is, and this is a question that comes up in Pandemic Horde all the time. What are assault frigates used for? And I just do a shrug with a stupid face in 2017 because I don't have an answer for you guys anymore. I don't know what they're used for. I really don't. They're and used for people who haven't trained into Tech 3 destroyers yet. Right. But do you like... And that's a damn shame. Yeah, it definitely I mean, is. They can be used, like Noir historically. I think, Alec, were you the one who came up with the fleet doctrine of Retri Fleet, specifically because people underestimated them so much and they do have the tiny SIG? You can take them out and roam up against, like, Rapid Light Missile Launcher doctrines and tank just fine with new Tech 2 Logi, so you can play on the fact that they're sort of out of meta and considered super weak to do crazy things, but in the standard meta, they don't really have a place. So, welcome, Artemis. Thank you. Glad you could join us. Um, yes, I I am a fan of assault frigates and hacks. I I like them as concept. Hacks are too expensive to be shit. Like, if you're putting that much money into a ship, you can't just run it around for the lulls. Although I I may try something with try to bring back sniper hacks, hilariously. Um, but uh. Generally speaking, I, I wouldn't take that approach. Assault frigates, on the other hand, they're cheap enough that you can kind of take them out just for the gimmick of doing it. I still think there are some that do well, like, in certain things. Like, the Retribution is a pretty decent fighter of just, like, a frigate fleet doctrine. But the Confessor is better than it in just about every way. Like, straight numbers, it sucks. Um one of the few places where you can actually use AFs is actually in anti-fighter capabilities. Um, for people who haven't trained, like, uh, well, if you don't have significant space superiority carriers, you can use a fleet of harpies pretty well to do that role. It's not ideal, but it is actually a role they do fill quite well. 
Speaking of a fleet of harpies, we used to see the rail harpies everywhere, and then T3Ds came out, and so they were sort of replaced by Sfeeples, but Sfeeples got nerfed. Is there something that caused the rail harpies not to come back into the meta? Did we just find some other thing that pushed them out, or...? People still just use Sfeeples and Confessors for the exact same role. Sfeeples mm. didn't get nerfed enough to bring back the harpies, I think. Part, part of the problem is that, like, a fully fit harpy is oof, that could vary anywhere between what 30 40 50 million depending on exactly what mods are putting on it and i mean you could basically buy a, a tech 3 destroyer for the same price and fully fit it so it's like why yeah, with the cost increase it's like it's like 50 mil to 80 mil but like for that 30 million esque difference you're getting so so much yeah right exactly and you know, they they live better, they do more DPS, they they tend to be actually faster, especially than Harpies. And, and they I, also work a lot, lot better with Boosters, uh, sorry, um, Command Destroyers, with the Micro Jumper Field, which has been a huge tool for those kind of fleets and what they used to do in fleet, fleet fights. It sort, of, it sort of goes back to my earlier comment, is that, like, one ship in an entire class where there's eight ships, that is kind of works. Doesn't really necessarily mean that assault frigates are viable anymore. I mean, when was the last time you saw Enios in space? Uh, even Ishkers, which were once everywhere, are just not around anymore. Retributions aren't around. Vengeances aren't around anymore. Uh, yeah. I've, st- I've still seen the occasional Enyo. They're still quite good at what they do. It's just that. Outside of faction warfare? Yeah, They're well, not, though. Like, I think the Enyo is one of the worst of the Assault Frigate class. It gets outclassed so hard by, I mean, just about everything. Because it's a bl- it's it has to be a blaster, but the rail Enyo, it doesn't have the fitting for it. We, we, yeah. used to, we used to say you're flying an Enyo because that means the Tyrannuses were out of the market. <laughs> yeah, that's also... I mean, I feel like it's better than the Tyrannus at it. But, like, the Hikate, Blaster Hikate straight outclasses it in, in every single way. And in fact, most blaster cruisers outclass it in just about every single way. You see, that's I mean, if all your assault how... frigate can do is beat out like non-combat frigates, like the interceptors and tech one frigates, then it's not that useful because you know what can do that? Just about everything else that costs way less. They're yeah. they're toys. They're they're basically just toys at this point. They're sort of in the same position several years ago where cruise bombers were. Where, yeah, people will train them, people will buy them, people will play with them, but at the end of the day, that's all they were. They're just toys. They, they don't have any real use in modern day times. And, uh, I think assault frigates were basically fucked before Tech 3 destroyers, and Tech 3 destroyers just sort of nailed them in the coffin as being extinct essentially i don't think they were fucked necessarily it's just back then they had a niche it was they weren't amazing ships but for what they could do they were fine well, and the, then the, the tech three destroyers that, like, came out for other... the exact same niche and they were better in every way for not a significant more amount of money more yeah like the whole and also beyond that like all of the other frigates in the game got buffed yeah that's true Effectively, like uh, the SAAR was really, really strong for other non-NEO cruisers, and it made other non-NEO cruisers able to active tank. You had the Tyrannus, uh, sorry, well, you had the whole like slew of interceptor buffs, 
Um, God, when was that? That was a long time ago. And that kind of, I think it was 2013? A little later than that, probably. Probably closer yeah. to Cryus, so like 2014, I want to say. Yeah, um, but still, that, you know, that obviously changed the meta a lot, because now you have the Tyrannus that can go almost toe-to-toe with the Enyo and walk away fine. Uh, filling in the same role, just being like shitloads faster. I mean, I, I would argue that Tyrannus could always fight an Enyo. Yeah, and then you, but then you also have the benefits of them being an interceptor, which is that they can ignore bubbles and like, which is huge. Yeah, you you have, and that you you what you've basically done is because of other buffs, you have power creeped all the other frigates in the game beyond where the Enyo is. Uh, definitely, and it's, I mean, with all the other frigates, you have rolls. So the interceptors have you know the intercept role and getting through bubbles and electronic attack frigates and logistics frigates. Whereas the assault frigate, it's like, well, it's kind of a more better tech one frigate, but not as good as the tech three destroyers. And not necessarily better than some of the new destroyers either. The tech one destroyers was like, what's its role? I didn't kind of touched on this as well, but not only did interceptors get buffed, but remember when tech one frigates and cruisers got their rebalance like so many more frigates got viable i think they all got a hit point increase same with the cruisers cruisers got a ton of speed increases as well the the soft frigates have just been left behind they haven't been part of the conversation yep definitely it's it's definitely like that and i i don't i don't really know why and it's kind of weird and and to be fair well i can actually talk talk from ccp's point of view in that re in that case in, in case, in terms of why they haven't been rebalanced. Oh, I would love to hear it. Um, one of the reasons that was given to me was that they aren't well, they aren't well used. People don't have like a huge fascination with them. Do you understand the don't... No shit. retarded logic that is occurring yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, I know, but this was also the same dumb logic they've used in the past for like literally everything else, where they like didn't want to nerf the Ishtar because so many people were using it and they were worried they'd upset people. <laughs> I, I'll give it I'll give an that's example. That's not from first-hand experience. Fuck no me. He has said that to me. Other CSM members have said that that was a, an argument. Um, but and beyond that, like assault frigates are pretty not fun when they are the dominant ship in the small in like the the frigate meta because they're very small. They're very hard to kill. They don't do a huge amount of damage. Like they needed to. They need like a slight roll shift to be entertaining, even when they are really powerful. It's like the, the opposite of what concept, tier 3 battlecruisers were. The one good concept that I've heard thrown around, I've been hearing this thrown around for quite a while, is give it the same role concept as they gave Marauders, in that they're supposed to be PvE ships primarily. No, um, I want to use my Assault Frigate to oh, PvP. Why, why do you want... What, what need is there for a PvE Frigate? I don't know. I could kind of see the concept for, you know... Maybe smaller levels of PvE, or for younger players that are, you know, just training to their very first Tech 2 ship kind of thing, you know. There's a big difference between a 20 or 30 million isk harpy and a goddamn golem, which is, yeah, well, I don't even know what they cost anymore, past a billion. If somebody's training for their first Tech 2 ship, I would say, forget the Assault Frigate, train for a T3D. It's going to be the same training time, and you're going to get more out of it, even if they do buff them to the point that they're good at PvE, because the T3Ds are great at PvE as well. They use the same weapon system, they use the same tank, they have the same slot slides on all their modules, so you don't have to train for anything new, it's just a matter of changing your ship skill, and T3Ds will just straight up outclass them in PvE as well, I would suspect. Well, we could, we can't really 
qualify on you know potential possible uh, updates that may or may not occur. Is that we're not you know we're not sure what they could do. It's just it was just a rule concept that was thrown around, and it's not the worst idea. Probably by virtue of being the only real idea I've heard thrown around lately. Yeah, I I don't know about all that. Uh, I think Yin's point is fair. You know, it's something that just is hard to kill but doesn't do much. It's a weird niche. But sometimes that's useful. Um, I, w I would want to bring this back to the to my suggestion for hacks a little bit, where you split out the roles where you have a long-range role or a short-range role. You could have a similar thing with frigates, uh, where you have your harpy, which is maybe your long-range frigate snipery type thing, but you also have a short-range heavy tackler type thing. That could I be actually... viable. You could give them a roll bonus to... Maybe they have a low base damage, but they have a roll bonus that like scales with sig radius of what they're shooting or something like that. Uh, I mean, you could take them in a lot of interesting directions. The assault frigate, something that's like... It's fast, it's hard-hitting, and it's hard to kill is a cool concept. What is the drawback for that? You can have a lot of drawbacks for that. But Something... conceptually, it is awesome. And the ships themselves are pretty cool. I think they're just a little bit of love away from being viable. Yeah, I, an idea that I had would be to... Um... And maybe some T3Ds need to be nerfed, by the way. Uh, yeah, they could do with like a ton... Like I don't, I'm not gonna be like, oh man, T3Ds are the number one thing that should be nerfed in this game, because there's like, holy shit, there are so many things that need to be nerfed before T3Ds need another kicking, and I'd argue that you probably get more out of just buffing things around them, as Nidhi was saying. No, for sure, but I mean, as a yeah, they are, compare they are a Tech strong. One destroyer to a Tech Three destroyer, or to a Tech Two destroyer to a Tech Three destroyer, what does that scale look like compared to other things? Yeah. Well, what does that scale compare to Tech 1 Cruiser to Tech 2 Cruiser to Tech 3, tech three Cruiser? Tech 3 Cruiser, yeah, that's true. That's pretty but maybe similar, the cost actually. should be higher then. Maybe. I'll tell you what's hurt things with Tech 3Ds even worse. is believe it or not, it's engineering complexes. Once upon a time, uh, Tech 3 equipment can only be built in outposts and pauses. Now that's not the case. Now instead, you can still can't build them in NPC stations, but you can build them in EC. So for the very first time, these things could be built right next to Jita, uh, all across space in Nullsec and that. So the prices of these things came down something like 20-25% almost literally overnight. So these things have dramatically decreased in price and I think that's what's hurting things quite a bit as well. So now instead of Sveeples costing 45-50 million on some markets, they're costing 33 million in some cases. And so that's it's not helping the cause for things like assault frigates or interceptors or tech one destroyers and such and such i think i think if there's one thing that i would personally do is not necessarily nerf the ship but i would sort of take a good look at what the prices of these things should actually be yeah well a suggestion i had for the assault frigates was to give them a kind of uh, a better niche as like almost an anti-fighter role because that's the role i've seen them in so far and I'd be interested to see what a dedicated anti-fire ship might look like. Something I uh, I had the idea for would be like increasing the capacity of their guns by like some ridiculous amount, but increasing their fire rate by a ridiculous amount, but then uh, nerfing the damage on their guns, so that you had something that was just like spitting rounds constantly, 
uh, because you know the whole tick rating thing is the main thing that stops you from killing fighters fast. So having some sort of like assault frigate that's really hard to kill by fighters that can run in there and defang people is pretty cool. Like you get to pretend you're like some sort of space fighter going in there and chewing up other people's space fighters. That just seems like an appealing concept. But it's I'm definitely, it's I'm definitely something I could see uh, sort of as, uh, as a concept of a, a space superiority fighter for not carrier. For, for newer players, yeah. I, you know, it's, it, it sounds good but on I, paper, but I'm wary of giving people more ways to defang carriers because they're already pretty easy to defang now. I feel like that's the role of the Tech 1 Destroyer, though. Yeah. In a lot of ways. The like, tech that's the anti-frigate, still... anti-fighter yeah, ship. Yeah, but the, the big difference would be that the Tech 1 Destroyer cannot tank. He's wanting something that, that anti-fighter fighters just couldn't kill anyway. Right, but, but I mean, like, shouldn't that be baked into the Destroyer line if that's their thing? Well, the, the main Destroyer line right now, its whole focus is on range, not on killing stuff really quickly. Uh... Uh, naturally, but, like, a lot of their bonuses are geared towards shooting stuff from long range. Yeah, range and tracking, sort of. Yeah, I get you. They're, they're good at killing frigates, but, like, just the way fighters work, they aren't very good at killing them. And I don't think you want For to, the new players who don't know what you're talking about, do you want to explain the fighter-killing tick thing? Oh, um, yeah, sorry, you can't kill more than one fighter um, in the same server tick. So, if you shoot it with... Say you've got a, you know, you've got a flight of fighters and they have, like, 2,000 HP... If you shoot that group of fighters with 2,000 damage, only one fighter will die, not the whole flight. Which means that heavier guns do a shitload less effective damage to them. Because Those they aren't server ticks one second? Um, it's not quite server tick, it's instance of damage, it's super weird. Hmm. I, I'm, not in t I'm not like 100% sure of how it works. I believe it's limited by server tick and instance of damage. Uh, question marks. Effectively, it just means you can't, like, get a bunch of battleships to shoot fighters and just insta-blap them. They've got to, like, go through all their cycles of guns. I see. Okay. So that's why I was like, have your... have an assault frigate that just fires its guns constantly. Because, A, that looks dope as shit. Like, I want to see um a fucking... like, not a harpy, what is it? A hawk. Which, by the way, is the other assault frigate I see a shitload of, because it's really good in faction warfare. Um, just like streaming out, just like endless rockets. I want to see it fire like a hundred rockets in about twenty, in about like ten seconds. Please, that just sounds awesome. And before servers on fire. <laughs> if we can write no, I kind of like it too, but you might run into the similar balance problems that rapid lights have had. Yeah, well, sure. Well, you would contend that they wouldn't do much damage, right? Because theoretically, you don't need much damage to kill the fighters. You just need damage that rapidly cycles. Yeah. Mm. I don't think they have the same problem as hacks, though, which is very interesting. Like, hacks um, have been weakened because the tools that are available to deal with them have increased in power. Right. And Whereas Tech 3 has had usurped their SIG tanking role. Um, I, I don't think T3Cs ever had the same kind of SIG tank. They just combined that with insane fucking EHP, which was kind of always a bit bullshit. Well, it's about the same thing. Yeah. Like, your, your 100 SIG radius zealot tanked shittier than the 135 SIG legion, because the legion had triple the hit points 
and higher base resist. I think Sig Radius is easier to deal with than more HP, right? Because if you're thinking about it from a fleet fight perspective, if a ship has 25% more EHP, then you need that many more DPS ships to volley it or to burn through reps faster than they're burning through your reps, what have you. If it's Sig Radius, then you need a Vigil. Yeah. Like, that's the answer. You need a single guy and a single Tech 1 frigate to basically make his roll bonus no longer an issue. Yeah, and there's there's some other things like T3C's T3C's had like more ability to burn in just because of that. Like the fact that you didn't have to land on someone at zero to have your tank work um, made T3C's just a massively more powerful option for the sig tanking role. And now we've kind of dialed some of that back. Like the T3C's are, the T3C ah the T3C nerf helped deal with. Um, Loki's like Loki's are no longer as oppressively powerful as they was they were before, which is great. To be clear, we're talking armor web Loki's, not Loki's yeah, yeah. in general. Okay, sorry, yeah, like actual like real combat Loki's are actually really fucking good now. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Like have Loki's, HMO Loki's, so dope. Um, for AFs, what would you guys think of this? And, and I realize it might sound overpowered, but I would like us to talk about it. What if they got a slight damage or fitting increase, depending on which one would help them out better? I think it might depend per class. Um, Hacks or... Assault frigates. Um, and their roll bonus is like, scrams don't disable micro warp drive. No. Vetoed. Be it would be Vetoed. I don't know. No, just no. So then you're just effectively giving them like a 500% bonus to afterburner speed or what have you, because they've got the SIG reduction for micro-warp drive, right? So, or are you talking about changing that out? Uh, no, they may they may still keep it, I think. Uh, but basically, yeah, they have micro-warp drive afterburners. So that, that just makes them the best frigate kiting platform that will ever, ever exist. Do you want yeah. that? Maybe. All right. I mean, I think you might need to change it so that they don't get any more range bonuses. Um, sure. That may require a retooling of some of the ship lines, but the idea would be they are, you know, thinking about thematically what they need to be able to do. I like them getting up in your face, doing a lot of damage, an unstoppable frigate. Um, but you're moving away with that with a perma MWD bonus. Not really. If they're short range. The permanent MWD bonus just means they will get in there, and if they need to get out, they'll be able to get out, maybe, if you don't have them webbed down. The alternative, and I've heard a lot of people say this, is, oh, shift them to using afterburners and give them a web resistance. That would may also be okay, but I think CCB's already evaluated that and said they don't want to do it. That That's an, that's an old idea that's been thrown around for oof, quite a few years at this point. This is basically the same concept. I first heard this idea, let's put it this way. But I think I think Jin, oh God forbid, I'm actually saying this is actually onto something. Sort of with a an anti fighter platform. Yeah. But another another like a a very basic option that would do a lot of good for the AF class is fucking swap the ridiculous speed of T1 frigates to the AF line. Like just swap the speed swap the speeds of every single T1 frigate up to AFs and then um, do the appropriate switch down. Because right now, most assault frigates are slower than T1 frigates, which is kind of bullshit, <laughs> also. In fact, I think every single 
Yeah, I think every single T uh, T1 frigate is faster than their assault frigate variant. I believe that uh, they're sad with the speed. Yeah, uh, just, just, just making them faster is going to do a lot to help them. It's not going to will it though? Because they're still not going to be able to do a lot when they get there. They're still going to be just as vulnerable to being killed. No, I I totally get what you're saying. They're never going to, but you know, they're never going to. That's that's not going to make them 100% viable, everyone's going to be using them in nullsec, but it'll make them a little better in where I think they should be excelling anyway, which is in the low sec, kind of smaller gang, faction warfare kind of space. That just because people don't see assault frigates in every single fight doesn't mean they aren't balanced. Like, people aren't using ravens for PvP, that doesn't mean that ravens are bad. That means that ravens have their own niche. Well, I think I think that's a whole other discussion about uh, the state of Tech One battleships, which, personally speaking, I don't think is in. A, I think is even worse of a place right now than a Solfrid. I I kind of disagree. I think there are some that are like pretty obnoxiously bad, but mostly T One battleships seem okay. The problem is just like pirate battleships still just outclass them a lot. But I think that's somewhat healthy. I, I think pirate battleships should outclass them. Yeah, like but, they should. Of course they should. But but I don't think pi- like Tech One battleships in general are in a good place uh, to speak of. Uh, their their sort of their EHP doesn't really scale up the same way that a cruiser's EHP scales up to a battle cruiser or even its Tech Two or Tech Three variants, and uh, its its DPS isn't fantastic either. If if battleships. Uh, we're sort of closer to the concept of what we expect a real-life battleship to look like, where you'd have a line of these things fighting each other and just, you know, plinking at each other until finally the armor goes down. Maybe that's what they need is a major HP buff. Maybe not necessarily DPS or that, but just a huge HP buff because they could just sit there and eat it from each other all day long. I mean, but that's you with fun. the HP like, on the battleship. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Natalus. I was just going to say, the issue with the EHP on a battleship, I apologize, go ahead, my dog is going crazy. Yeah, the problem with giving ships just shitloads of EHP is that you end up with stalemated fights, which are fucking just not fun. Like, no one wants to be in the fight where you've got 100 people on one side, 100 people on the other side, and no one can break anyone. Cause that's I mean, if, if you're going to do it, you need to pair it with more tools against logistics, particularly capital logistics. Yeah, like, um... I don't know if you remember the Tengu meta, where everyone had the fucking five-gun coward-fit Tengus, and we'd both sit, like, both fleets would warp in at 100 of each other, we'd sit there, we'd, like, shoot two fucking scimitars, and if your scimitars died and theirs didn't, you'd just leave. Like, that was not fun. That was, that was fucking zero fun. It was so dumb. Maybe, but it doesn't really make a lot of sense to serve. The only way you could really approach, in some cases, well, last week, strategic cruisers uh, worth of EHP is to use a, a triple-plated Abaddon, for example. Well, yeah, well, as, as a user of occasionally triple-plated Abaddons, I can tell you that the, the just a double-plated Abaddon gets the same EHP as a very nicely fit Macario because of its bonuses. But the problem is that you don't then get the bonus of, you know, having artillery and a cruiser agility and uh, capless weaponry and an extra mid-slot and tons better cap. And <laughs> it's like the base... Let's not pretend the that Macarios aren't a little bit on the broken side. What about this, guys? 
What if Assault Frigate's got some sort of massive roll bonus damage buff against capital ships? Fucking why? I've I've heard this idea over the years as well, and I'm sort of kind of against it, because, like, Assault Frigates that have a roll buff against capital ships, aren't those just called super carriers these days? Uh, hey, and wanna, the why of it would be to make sure that there's shit. a strong subcap counter to capital ships that maybe isn't quite here yet. Hey, Alexia, would you like a a a frigate-sized ship that can do very good damage to a capital ship? I would. Congratulations, you have described the stealth bomber. But it can't. It can. You just have to not die. Well, like, two elements of that. One, it really can't. It does good damage against the battleship doesn't really scale up to capital ship levels of hit points and second it can't actually hang around in a fight it'll get wrecked um, sure but like do like even a battle to... even a fucking high angle dreadnought can hit a, a fucking stealth bomber with a web on it if it's webbed yeah yeah sure so but i i don't like that i don't like the idea of you have a t2 frigate that can do like 2k deeps to a, I don't know, a triage or something. That just feels wrong because then if I know I'm going to get escalated on, why don't I just bring a fleet of, like, TG frigates? Well, because, I mean, the one thing is if you change nothing else about them, they're very counterable by tons of other subcapital ships. Like, tons of other subcapital ships. If you have a, even basic support for your battleship fleet, like a couple Lokis and a Vigil, you'll still be able to counter Assault Frigates. But if you don't have that, you know, it's no longer the case where the Caps can sort of fight fight it off. Um, and, you know, fighters will still costs. be able to do decent against it, but they'll at least be able to have a chance at tanking said fighters. I, I don't know, man. That just, it feels so janky. It feels like you're trying to make a new role for something rather than making it fit its current role and I don't like that. It doesn't really have like the the current role it should be is best in class sig tanking and damage against bigger ships. Like I feel like that's what the Assault Forget should be. It should be like the Defiant from Star Trek. You're you're trying to make us cheer Roman Reigns and we're not going to cheer Roman Reigns Vin. I mean I know that you really want those assault frigates. He's laughing a lot on the screen too, so it's worth it. I know you really want those assault frigates to work, do, and I'm kind of with do. you. I really, want I'm not a bad frigate. I really I'm not a good those... frigate. I'm the frigate. <laughs> I'm with you. I really wanted to have a role. I wanted to have a race on data, but I just, I don't want them to sort of jimmy in a half-ass thing just to make people do it. I mean, I think you just need to let it go at this point. Well, I mean, it's like, I you figure out what a, go, if they have a role, or just take them out of the fucking game. But I think they're, conceptually, there is a role for them that isn't filled by any other ship. It's just they can't do it well. Do we think that when the Rapid Light range nerf comes in, they may come back into their own a little bit? Because Rapid Light no. is presumably the one hard counter well, no. to sig tanking things. The real, the real question is, like, what do we see the role of T3Cs being, and, like, where do you want them to be? Like, do you want to see fleets of AFs? That's, that's I would love to see fleets like of AFs. Yeah, how, how effective would you like them to be? Would you like them to be a strategic like thing? Like, if you are going to a fight, you will probably bring like a fleet of 50 AFs. Are you third-partying on the fight? Is the fight over no, as, as a, as something you've got to shoot? You. So you, you have the choice between, like I don't know, 
uh, 50 T1E warships or 50 assault frigates? Do you take the T1E war or do you take the assault frigates? I think there should be reason to take the assault frigates. There should be some some situations where they're the better choice than just straight more tech one electronic warfare. Right now, I don't think yeah. that's the case. I, th- I think that would be a good idea, but that that's kind of like the level of power I want them to be, where they're competing with like maybe T1 Ewar for strategic competing power. Competing with T1 Ewar, it's a tech two ship. It's a tech two line yeah, combat sure, ship. But that's also, you're completely missing the point with tech one Ewar is fucking ridiculously strong. <laughs> like, uh, on a strategic level, it's so, so powerful. If you can utilize it properly, it's some of the best stuff in the game. Give them defenders. Giving them defenders would be nice. I mean, I it's, honestly it's, think that it's might not make it much, work. but it would sort of at least bring them back to parity with destroyers. It's like, hey, maybe I should take an assault frigate and haze interceptors that come by as opposed to, you know, bring a cormoran. Your assault frigate can haze interceptors? <laughs> I mean, if you set it up properly, yes. Yeah, I, I think giving it just like some base stats and seeing what happens would be much more, like, much nicer. Like, increase their speed a little bit, give them minor fitting buff. Um, I'd say maybe give them like some sort of shitty gimmick bonus like you guys are talking about. Um, a minor one I'd suggest would be like making uh, propulsion jamming modules take no cap, so even if they get neutered out, they can still tackle stuff. Like That's say, I don't know, not the worst. Like give the you know the hundred percent hundred percent um reduction in I don't know scramming uh energy costs. You know, maybe not webs, because webs you kind of want to be able to mute off, I guess, for, like, balancing. But just giving them the ability to be that heavy tackle to the interceptors, I'm a spooky ghost tackle. Mm. Uh, and from there, you see what you yeah. you don't need to You don't need to rebalance their class unless you've proven that even with decent-ish stats, they're not competitive. Like, I feel that you just... You, they just need a little love. They don't need a whole rework of the entire class to be good. I would say maybe that... If you want to talk just base stats, maybe higher base resists as well. Yeah, bring um, them up to hack level would be good. Yeah, bring them up to hack level. I, I, I think conceptually they should be frigate level hacks. But the down the issue is that a frigate level hack can't really get much done without tuning them a little harder than hacks are. Well, I think I guess the other problem is hacks aren't really getting much done either, so it's a little hard to say. I think they both classes conceptually are very awesome, important parts of the game that don't have the tools they need to get their jobs done. And right now when you have a, a Tech 3 Destroyer that is strictly better than Assault Frigates in every way for a similar price point, that's Feels pretty bad. They also just look cooler because they transform. Yeah. Every time I press, and I, I think that's similar like to the the way the hacks had with the tech threes as well. That's similar problem. It definitely is. I just I just feel like it's sort of generally far more compounded, especially when you factor in other things like interceptors and electronic attack frigates around. Yeah, the the counters to them are really strong and easily available. On their own, they're not getting much done because they're just underpowered in general in terms of DPS and tank and speed. So, and I think the roll bonus 
It's interesting. I don't think it's nearly strong enough, especially on the hack level. Frigate level, it's not too bad. But it could be even better, maybe. Um, and the other issue is it's super easy to turn off MWDs at close range, which is where assault frigates currently need to be. So either they need more range or some counter to that so their roll bonus is actually useful. Anyway, I think we beat that to death, sort of. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed our in-depth discussion of balance, and hopefully CCP's balance team prioritizes some of these issues so we can see a little bit of love given to EVE's most neglected ship classes. In space! Invasions are happening! Providence! Yin, you're getting shit on. I mean, this has been a continual thing. I don't know why you're like, oh man, things have changed. Well, we know Isn't that, it like, uh, more groups getting involved this time around? Pardon? Isn't it more groups getting involved this time around? Nothing has changed, question mark? Like, I'm not aware of anything really changing. Oh, maybe I'm, I'm misinformed, but I had heard that... Uh, Actual PL has come down, and I've heard that uh, has altruism, I think, is the name. He's uh, been here for like the past like month and a half. Well, they're they're like taking stuff down now. So they weren't last time we recorded the show. So, well, they've been taking stuff down the whole time they've been here. No, oh, okay. Well, then I'm right. I, I nothing has really changed in terms of like uh. Uh, in terms of the situation, it's just that PL has been winning more fights and more stuff. That's just the way That's it is. That's fair, then. And what is the situation with, um, I want to say affirmative? No idea who the fuck they are. Regal's crew. No idea who that is. Hmm. Oh, I've, no, heard... I've heard of Gal. No, I've heard of Gal. I just don't know where from. Um, I, I haven't really seen them be particularly active in fights. Like, Triumvirate have probably been more impactful in late, latest fights. I've heard a lot of, of talk of recent drama where they've been set blue, then reset, then set on the red list, then blued again, then back on the red list. And I've heard that uh, the whole thing might be brewing up to them bringing other red groups together for some kind of fight, but... Maybe that situation's gotten diffused. It seems like it was quite in flux when I heard about it. I don't know. I don't deal with uh, Coslist. I'm, I'm not. As I've talked about before, I am not a member of leadership. I don't know. How you're not a member of leadership should probably be another discussion point at some, at some future date, considering you're the head FC and probably the only... Well, no, not the only. One of three decent players, maybe four decent leadership players I know in Providence. You could just call it decent players. Yeah, actually, I probably could call it decent players, but then I have to expand the list to maybe six or seven. I also like uh, how yeah, you refer to them as actual PL, like, oh man, poor Waffles, we make a lot of jokes about <laughs> them, but Reza's somewhere in the corner crying now. No, no, Jesus. Reza's listening to this podcast, like, he listens to literally everything I do, he listened to our fucking State of the Alliance, just so that he could call me a shitter on Twitter. Like, I, I think he needs help. <laughs> Someone should reach out to Reza and be like, it's okay to be gay, dude. It's fine. It's not like, no one's going to judge you. You can love another man. It's fine. Reza's the best. He's actually, like, he's unironically pretty funny on Twitter. So, like, I can't be mad, but <laughs> he's got a problem. Oh, man. He's also, like, basically the nicest guy in the whole coalition, like, PL Waffles whore. He really is, like, the nicest guy. You can have a conversation with him about anything, it feels like. 
I I guess I I got on his wrong side when I talked to him, but uh, I don't know. Uh, apparently so, because uh, I smell a burning Keepstar somewhere. Yeah, rip rip the fucking Keepstar, made of uh, dreams and hope, but didn't have a lot behind it. <laughs> Little update on the Great Wildlands War. It is uh, proceeding apace. Silent Infinity. True Rain and the Not Red Don't Shoot It Coalition are definitely still on the back foot. NSH has been shitting on them pretty regularly. It's uh, NSH, Rogue Capel, Hashishin Cartel, and Straight Jacket Bears. Um, pretty significant capital fleet, and they are pretty much using it with impunity. Uh, they attacked, I think, seven Citadels at once in GW and put them on the defensive timers. Silent Infinity has at least not anytime soon, been able to return the favor and put any NSH or hostile... Uh, not just NSH, none of the... I don't think they had a single offensive timer yet, as a matter of fact. Uh, they've been purely on the defensive, just trying to anchor structures faster than the enemy can kill them, and finally that is no longer happening. Uh, the Reds are killing them faster they can put them down. There's going to be a big fight in about a half an hour. <laughs> That I plan on being a part of, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, hopefully, the uh, the not red guys will get some kills, and it'll be enjoyable engagement. But in terms of strategic victories, it looks like this one might be in the bag. So I need to ask a question: If there's a war being fought in Eve, and it's not reported at all on Reddit, is it actually a war? Yes, it is. Because literally, I didn't even know this was happening. It's like, oh, we're going to talk about the war in Great Wildlands. I'm like, the fuck? Is because the fuck the Eve Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just say, I'm just saying, if Reddit doesn't talk about it, I'm not sure it's actually happening. Well, let me put it to you this way, Nydia. If things are happening in the game, and no one gives a fuck enough about Eve Reddit to put it on there, you know, does it matter? I don't even well, know I who mean, these like guys pre- are that you mentioned. The only name I recognized was Rota Capel, and I was like, wow, they're not AFK? No, they're not AFK. It's amazing. Well, I assumed they were long disbanded. Messages now. Like, I, 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 just, I just hope they have a good time. Like, they're, they're one of the few people at war right now, and, like, actually at war, not whatever the fuck is going on in Providence. It's like the greater, it's the greater, it's the great fucking seal clubbing of our time. <laughs> In, in preparation for maybe them properly invading us in autumn. Because realistically, at this point, if they wanted to take our shit, we would not have our shit. <laughs> that's that's the current state of things. I mean, that's sort of normal down there. People going to beat up on Providence and then, you know, invading every two or three years is uh, it's a rather cyclical event. I mean, I've done it. I've defended it. Yeah, I mean, wasn't the... Uh... The rule of thumb probably is probably because nobody cares to take anything from probably. Like it's just so garbage. Nobody else. But wants now it. they do. Yeah. I mean, now probably actually has do. valuable resources that are worth exploiting. I've said it for years. The rats in Providence drop tech too. <laughs> yeah. Now and they drop faction citadel loot. Apparently. Faction citadels. Yeah. Speaking I still can't believe you, you still have your space, actually. I mean, maybe, uh, I guess, sometime between now and the next five months it'll be gone, but... Yeah, well, the problem is that Fuzzy Sov sucks just so much ass that no one wants to fight in it unless they absolutely have to. 
Yeah, like, I've been why, thinking why about. I've been thinking Sorry. about Fozzysov a lot. I apologize to interrupt you. I thought you were finished with your statement. Um, has a defender actually won a Fozzysov war yet? Like a legit Fozzysov war? I feel like everyone that's happened has been. Sure, they put up a fight at the start, but then their Sino jammers go down, capital escalations can happen, and then the, the defenders just sort of disappear while hazing things with Fozzy Claws, and then try and come back later to make another assault. It's, I mean, the trend sort of, seems to be that attackers have a significant advantage. What is what is the definition of winning a Fozzy solve? You take is, the space. Well, I mean, I mean, is the definition of winning it in the concept of the attacker ceases to invade or attempts to invade? Because I, I will tell you, like, literally the first week that it came out and goons and their whole coalition came to Providence when I was still there and tried to invade rather not well, although they did take a little bit of space for a short time and eventually left, I would consider that the defenders winning. Yeah, but is that, were they trying to take over Pravi or were they just playing with new game mechanics? Like, as well, we said, Well, that's the thing, Arnest. Anytime the attacker... What's, what's the difference? What's yeah, anytime really... the attacker doesn't win, they can be like, oh, we weren't really trying. It wasn't a real right. invasion. And, you know, when we're talking about Goonswarm, this classic Mitanni there, oh, we didn't really want to do it anyway, so fuck you. Yeah, I guess you're right. So what other what other sort of aggressions on Sob, underneath Fozzy Sob mechanics, have occurred that we may be not claiming as a defensive victory when in fact it was. So there's I think there have been some engagements in Cloud probably. Ring where defenders have kept their space against attack a couple times. But what, in terms of major incursions? Uh, I'm, well, kind of here, like, I'm kind of that, here with him, and I gotta say, I can't really name one off the top of my head. At that point, like, what major incursion in Dominion Sov had the fucking defenders winning? Attackers always choose people who they know they can beat. That's a rule of Eve. Don't that's true. Uh, fight you can't win. Well, of course, that's that's basic warfare. I mean, Anonyve, it tends to be if you desk. realize you don't have the numbers to win, you'll just run away. And then when the attacking coalition breaks up because no one just like engages somebody that they could beat on their own, they usually get groups in together to fight the thing. Then you come back and try to take your shit back. Of course, the cycle repeats. It doesn't always quite work like that, but. No, you are right. In terms of a major incursion post Fozisov that was successfully beaten off by the defenders, I probably can't really name one off the top of my head. I mean, the tribute took a long time to fall uh, relative to what they were up against. Yeah, uh, I would say it was a longer campaign. I wouldn't say I wouldn't call it a long campaign. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a couple months. That's pretty good. I, I I will easily easily say that they fought way harder than Imperium fought. That's for sure. Uh, but when you don't fight at all, you know. But was it a long campaign? No. Um, did they really have a prayer to stop it long term? No. But I mean, we definitely paid our share in blood for it. Yeah, I I feel like. Fozzysov makes the Capital Umbrella even more of a powerful thing than it was in Dominion, to like some weird degree. And like that's so weird to say because Fozzysov was intended to kind of make capitals less important. But I don't know. It's just it's very weird to me because it feels like you just can't. Well, also the generation of Fozzysov currently. Like I feel like if you remove the interceptor stuff, which just makes Fozzysov not worth playing. Like, we had a CTA today, 
Do you know what we formed? We formed 150 fucking scepters, and we won. <laughs> because there is nothing you can do about it, and no one wants to fight it. Like, PL is not RFing ourselves. Sorry, Waffles. is not RFing ourselves to take our sob. They don't want our sob yet. They'll take it, like, a month before the changes, or, like, two weeks before the changes, so they can hold sob in the south for the minimum amount of time, and then just, like, let it slowly grind back. But, like, right now, oh my god, it's just, like, two fleets of interceptors fighting each other, and that sounds really fun, but it's just not. <laughs> it's just not fun. I, That's, I, this I is feel, not why I got into NoSec. I feel I feel the need to say that the people that I find complaining the most about Fozzysob are the ones that wanted it the most. Uh, maybe not. And ironically, they're the same people complaining about Citadels the most because they're right. so much like Dominion Soft. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't win with people with the sovereignty in this game. It's sort of like, you know, they say they want one thing, you give them partially that, and then they'd say, no, we didn't want this, and you just well, you just can't win. Here's here's how you fix like Fuzzy Soft to a small degree. You just remove the Intosis mechanic and replace the nodes with damage cap structures. Yes. Yes, like straight up yes. No, uh, God, fuck. I, I want my Noir Intosis, though. Uh, the straight, fastest straight Intosis up. in the game. I, I, let's have I, I, more Citadels, please. Uh, let's eat, let's, we don't have enough damage cap structures in the game. We need damage some more of those. are a necessary evil. I've um, said that before. They feel bad, but you're going to feel a hell of a lot better shooting a damage cap structure than you are going to be watching someone else mine salt. Yeah, I was going to say, the damage cap isn't the issue with Citadels, it's the freaking time it's the zone tanking. It's the, time, it's the time zone tanking and the timers. The time zone tanking is good to a point because, uh, com coming from many years ago in EVE, when you were fighting, especially, granted the mechanics were very different back then, but when you're fighting a group that has a huge disparity in your time zones, like... If we were a bunch of Americans, we were fighting the Russians. A huge, huge disparity. And whoever essentially forms faster to go after this structure at this hour wins. That's that's not really good game mechanics either, because that's that's essentially the same thing as time zone uh, tanking and uh, being able to sort of defend your structure in a reasonable amount of time at a certain hour is a lot better uh, to sort of enhance the gameplay. That being said, something like an Astro House that has three hours of vulnerability time a week is way too damn low. Way I, 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 Before we get too deep into the Citadel things, I just want to point out, Yen, you have made several statements on this podcast over the past few episodes. I would just like to point out that putting damage cap structures will just make everything you hate, either it won't fix what you hate about Fozzie's uh, Aegisov, or it'll make it worse. Because if you have a damage cap structure on nodes, A, your interceptor problem isn't going away. B, not only will you need FCs for systems, you'll need FCs for nodes. Well, wait, wait, we, we already okay, have so you, you are thinking at the very, very base level. Yes, interceptor nullification is still going to be a problem in that system. Sure. But the main reason why interceptors are incredibly powerful in Fozzysolve is not because they take the nodes, because as you know, interceptors cannot use Tosis nodes. The thing is that they target some of the very, very small points of, uh, sorry, the, you have a very small amount of points of failure when you're in Tosising. You have like two, maybe, maybe two or three people on a node in Tosising. If you're like being super fucking cautious, normally you'll just have one person on a node. 
the good thing about intosis is, uh, sorry, about anti-intosis inter interceptors is, you warp all your interceptors onto the grid, you take out that one point of weakness, then they have to go through the trouble of getting another intosis in, and then you go and kill that as well. You are not forced to engage, because the vast majority of the fleet that w could potentially be there does not matter, because you only have to kill one ship in order to effectively stall them out on that area. And that's that's not. So, are you conceiving of putting like whole hundred man fleets on? Like, what what damage cap are we talking about here? I, I, I guess. I would be happy with like ten T one cruisers worth of damage is fine. Like, if they want to keep it super fucking low so that they can live the dream of, oh man, those small entities will take all the sov, which is never gonna fucking happen because no small entity fucking wants sov because it's a pain in the ass, and no no small entity is ever gonna take sov because that there aren't enough there aren't like enough small entities in the game to take some. Like, I don't know I don't know what 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 people mean when they say small entities, but it, it seems so nebulous. No, I, I don't think it is. Um, this is sort of something that CCP has talked about. It, they talked about it when Fozisov came, they talked about it when Dominionsov came, and so uh, yeah. They've, they've always had this vision that, you know, like a 150-man little itty-bitty corporate alliance could go in and take one or two systems at a time. And in theory, the mechanics are there, but especially with Fozisoft now, but in reality, it's not, because it essentially relies on the alliance that's being attacked to essentially be on vacation and not notice, which it, do, it doesn't work like that. No, uh, well, actually, if you remember back to Dominionsov, it totally does work like that, where you had massive swaths of space held by alliances that never fucking went there and couldn't really go there. Right, but the second you would put up a TCU and SBUs and start trying to actually take the system, they would get notifications and come rampaging across your shit. Yeah, like, if there is one thing Fozzysov has been good at, it has been good at, like, making it so that you do actually have to live in your space. I 100% agree. Fossilsoft has done that well. Um, like, we've even seen that in the North with an initiative just intosing the shit out of NC and, like, PL's renting space because they're on deployment and there's not really anything they can do about it. They've just got to kind of deal with it and, like, hope they don't try and flip one of the systems. Yeah, that's that's pretty legit. Like, that's pretty cool. I like that, but I feel like it would be better if, you know, say a 10-man, like, I don't know, let's say a random gang that go, comes into Provi and it's like, let's say 30 dudes, you know, they've got like 20 Ferrexes, a couple of Logi, a couple of support, whatever. Right now, they have no objectives um, because they didn't bring an Entosis. Because who wants to bring an Entosis? It's a shit module, and it just takes up space if you're just looking for a fight. What if you could, with that fleet, go and ping someone's iHub and like start to slowly grind through the ref? And that would be a great way to get a fight. And then, when you come to the actual nodes, you actually go out and you fight over these nodes, and you're incentivized to bring a fleet that does damage. Like That's such a basic principle, but it's something that would massively help make Fozzysov actually about who controls the grid and not who can kill the enemy in Tosasa, which is what it currently is now. The best idea I heard about this was when Fozzysov had just come out and it was Manfred, who was, uh, was 
pushing this pretty heavily was the, the BC plus concept where Intosis can only be put on a battle cruiser or high. And this would sort of Again, it, it wouldn't though. Well, it it would sort of it would start the process in a sense that like, you know, you can't have a small fleet of claws or one claw come and blow up a rifter and that'd be the end of it. Well the issue So is you could right now put your Atosis on sorry you had Arnos. I think we were saying the same thing. Just like a BC, you'll still die to 150 claws. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, right now, there's nothing stopping people from putting their entosis on a fucking triple plate at a bat and sticking it there. There's yeah, nothing the stopping is... people from doing that, except people that aren't just, do, just aren't doing it. Or their opponent can bring so many ships that they can just alpha strike that thing off, in which case maybe you need to be putting more on there. I think the, there's a couple... Alternatively, you could have entosis not remove remote reps. That's, That's definitely an option. And the reason why you don't see people use triple plate in abandons is because in that instance where you can use that, you would just use a forks. Um, and if you can't use a forks because you don't hold capital superiority, you would always use a ship that can just run away, like a rapier, like a, a 500mn Entosis cloaky rapier. It's not great. It will still probably die to interceptors, but you at least have a chance. No, the the the, the speaking from experience, the five hundred MN rapiers are broken as shit right now. Atosis. You just do it at two hundred something kilometers, and you just fuck off the second anything warps in. Yes, you lose the node, but you know you don't die. They're they're it's really absolutely broken. Yeah, like why is that the 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 optimal solution to fuzzy solve is fucking. Mean... 500mn MWD and claw, uh, rapiers that will never fight anything, and 100 dudes in interceptors that would try and kill them. Like, that's it's so dead. That's my... so lame. Having fought against, like, when we were up in tribute and CO2 is trying to take our slot, they were using these rapiers and which uses and everything, and legitimately, we had an Ashtahas in every system. I went out on my own dime and just bought, like, 50 molluses put them up on contract in each of the freaking stations or citadels and said, okay, guys, if you ever see a rapier and tosising in here, go grab the mollus, warp to zero on the node, and damp the thing. If he's too far out to you for the damp, burn at him. You'll damp him before he can shoot you with his rapid lights, and now the node is reset again. Like, it solves the, it solves the one issue, but it doesn't actually stop. Like, you don't have to hold the field, essentially. Yeah, it, like... That's still, that's still, like showing a key problem with Fuzzy Sub, which is that in that, there is no reason for either party to fight. Here's what you do. You start entosising a node, it immediately puts up a like 250km wide bubble. Interceptor yeah. still goes right through it. Oh, right. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, not claws. nullified. Oh, great, now claws are the best. Now, now people are just going to use T3C nullification like versions of that. Well, that's it's an interesting idea in that you could have nullification, not respect, or you're excuse me, have these bubbles not respect nullification. So well, you say that. We've also, we've also had the discussion with CCP where we're like, hey, can we have hick bubbles stop nullification? And they're like, no, we don't want to confuse people. So if they're like, ah, but Intosis is okay, then I will be kind of mad. Not gonna lie. I don't know, man. Like, there's, there's I mean, yeah, that's, it's not ideal, people. but I mean, the, the incentive for the one side to fight is, like, they actually want to take the system. Like, yeah, that has to the, be a thing. Yeah, but the thing is that right now you have... There's no mechanic which incentivizes you to fight the enemy fleet. 
because the enemy fleet is not what is holding the system. Does does that make sense? Like, am I pitching that in a way that um makes sense? You're you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong, and that's 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 I the. I feel like you're kind of wrong in that, like, if there's an enemy fleet in your up in your shit. I get what you're saying, maybe about point of failure, and maybe the direction we need to go is it's not a module that you fit on your ship. Any ship can participate in this thing, maybe with some class restriction or something like that. Um, but then it goes back to like sort of the uh, the faction warfare orbit around the node type thing, which everyone didn't want to do either. So there's you can't you can't win. Like I I don't think. Going damage cap is the way to go because then you're you're just back at the structure grind shit which we've fought so hard to get away from and now that we have citadels again people remembering how fucking ass it is it's not great gameplay to sit there and F1 that goes for mining that goes for intosising that goes for shooting a static structure it's garbage we should not be going back to it we should try to minimize it as much as possible and to me going from one person needs to orbit something that doesn't shoot back and F1 it till it goes away versus 10 people need to orbit something and F1 it to go away. I don't think that's an improvement. If you want to do anything to it to make it more engaging from the Intosisor side, maybe make it a mini game or something. Oh my uh, fucking god, no. Get out. So the, Get the, the thing... fuck out of my game. <laughs> the thing with the I mean, it'd be more on... fun to do for the Intosis guy. It's not going to help the... Uh, the rest of the fleet, I guess, but maybe you could have more people attempting to do the game to make it faster. I don't fucking okay, know. Okay, I got it. So you bring your Entosis ship to the node. You start the Entosis. It opens up a window, at which point it's a karaoke, and you have to get the song exactly right. Oh, oh my god, that'd be amazing. Oh, oh my god, can, can the Defending Alliance choose the song? Yes! God, I mean, it has to be within a certain list of, of pre-approved songs. Space. Like, you can't have some crazy... You would never be able to invade Cash for the simple reason that no one fucking speaks Russian. <laughs> I would... 100% of our, our things would just be, like, I don't know, Christian hymns. It'd be great. Oh, my God. Oh, I, even I, better. I love... We could have it just be a series of quick-time events. Uh... <laughs> so, basically, to play Eve, we'd have to play Call just... of Duty. Oh yeah, can uh, we just have? Can we just actually have each node? Uh, just like we get fifty people, like both sides, just warp in fifty people, and then PUBG launches, and we just have a fifty v fifty PUBG match. And that's no, you just have the node. the two CEOs, right? If it's owned by Alliance, you pick the CEO of the executive corporation. You take the CEO of whoever's attacking the thing. You stick him in a one v one. That's how it goes. Ouch, Doris, sounds good. Now, now Ship leaders it. actually have to be good at this game. So basically what we've learned after this the whole discussion is there is no good answer. And true to compromise, the word simply stands for a solution that makes everyone unhappy. I think basically, people, I mean, you're never going to get around solve. the fact that a l incredibly large amount of fast ships with their pooled alpha strike is going to be able to kill a single ship. And theoretically, if you had 10 cruisers, you could have... Ten claws make ten runs in less than five minutes and kill them all. It doesn't really change that dynamic. It it just doesn't. And I, I know why you think it will fix things, but it's not going to fix things. It's just going to make it shittier for more people. I feel like giving 
FC's some reason to want to bring a fleet to a node would make the game better in terms of just like individual gameplay. Yes, being that guy and having my court members like crying on comms because they want to kill themselves for doing this. Um, Entosis is straight up not fun in terms of a long-term campaign. And yeah, very simply that. A reason to have uh, fleets go at it is the best thing. Is simply the, It would be absolutely the best thing for the game. I mean, theoretically, you're going at it because the enemy brought a fleet and they're chasing off or killing your node dudes. So you need to go fucking kill them. But you're chasing That's not a hard you're concept. Not, you're not chasing a fleet. You're chasing you're, a bunch of nerds in, you know, claws in that led by the big red boat. Well, there's always going to be some element of that. If it's not that, then it's going to be, oh, you're chasing around a fleet of this ship or this ship or this ship. Whatever the best ship is for doing the thing. You know, eventually, <laughs> so you're you got to, like, figure out a way to counter some ships. Because all because all ships because there will be a best ship for some circumstance, you can never have fun in Tosa Sol. So you can never have sorry you can never have fun in Sol full stop. Because I would disagree with that because I had plenty of fun um, during the 2015 Brave War. It was good times. I, I keep I keep we were going fighting back to that, that war. Yeah, because there was actual battles. Like people yeah. actually sat down and committed assets to fights over systems. Right now, you don't do that. But that has like, nothing to do with Fazi stuff, though. Not in, someone... the, not in the Aegis conquering mechanics, anyway. No, because there's no reason to commit assets until you've already won. Like, the reason why... Exactly. Can... Like, <sighs> But that but has nothing ha to do with the Entosis mechanic. Yeah, but you only... That's not the way it was in Dominion. There were yes, it was. Fight in Dominion. Yeah, but people still fought. People still actually engaged each other. You because... fought because you had a fleet that was sitting on a structure for an hour or whatever that actually had to do DPS to the damn thing. You ha always had the potential that, oh shit, something is going to happen. With, you know, the magic wand bullshit, you don't have that uh, thing. Like, like I said, speaking from experience, you sit in a rapier at 225 kilometers and watch YouTube all day long and look at which kitty is the cutest while waiting to see if anything shows up on your grid. And when it does, just pick a direction and go, wait for your intosis cycle to fuck off and then warp. That's not good game mechanics. That is boring as shit. That's definitely boring as shit. And like I said, they're, they're definitely a better, more engaging gameplay for the intosis or person themselves. F1-ing something till it goes away is not fun. I want period. the siege mechanic back. I want re I don't want it to be Dominion, where it's like one 100 million HP structure, two 100 million HP structure, uh, 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 and then doing that three or four or five times for each uh, system. No, no, that's AIDS. Like if you do it once, if you do it twice per system, I'm totally cool with that. But I want that back. Essentially, I think it was absolutely a better content generator. I Defensive mean, I, fe I feel like you killed Dominion self. I just gonna like, say it. Yo, no, that that that's a hundred percent for sure. Yeah, it absolutely did. Sure. Which is exactly what we're seeing with Citadels now. But I kind of feel like Reddit has it a little bit on the nose, although it's taken to a, a parody level where the concept is moon po moon goo pauses are the best content generators right now. They're not entirely raw. Well, they've all. I mean, 
not always, but moons have often been the best content generators, period. Some people have conquered entire regions just for the moons. Because it's a siege mechanic that's necessary. It's sort of where Dominion was, although, again, it was taken to an extreme when you had to go through something like, what, 600 million HP uh, for a system? Yeah, something like that. But that's what people apparently want to go back to now. It blows my fucking mind. I don't. I don't want to go back to Dominion, Dominion. But I'd ra- I'm. I'm personally leaning more towards I want a system like that back as opposed to this magic wand bullshit. It's it's boring. It's terrible. It doesn't even make sense from a game lore perspective. It's like you need to entosis and connect with your mind to shit, bruh. Mind game. Mind games. Jesus, it's. I mean, we're playing this game. Let's be honest. Ninety-five percent of the people that play this game are goddamn nerds. I know this because I'm one of them. We like space operas. We want to do space opera shit, which includes giant fucking battles of spaceships fighting each other. Like when that giant freaking uh, battle is reduced to conquering whole systems by having. A couple of rapiers run away from claws every so often. Maybe, maybe there's a reason why some people are saying things are a little bit on the boring side. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Host highlights? Question Battles mark? are not going to happen until players decide to fight, and it doesn't seem like any change to soft mechanics is going to change the basic idea that. For the most part, people don't give a fuck about their sob. And if there's an overwhelming, if there are overwhelming odds, they're much better off just pulling their shit down, moving back to low sec or NPC space for a month or two, and then coming back and doing something else or going to a different part of the map where they can overwhelmingly blob somebody. I don't think that's going to change any anytime soon. Could the actual mechanic be a little bit better? Yes, but I don't think the improvements are backwards i think we need to go forward and make the actual like i don't need saying entosis because maybe we don't need an entosis module maybe it's a really different mechanic but some some mechanic which is not better than just like n plus oneing and sitting there mindlessly f1ing something something that's more engaging gameplay wise and can be done by if not contested a super small amount of people and then I think the rest of it is balancing some ships that are currently cancer for other reasons. Like if you if you massively impaled the fitting on Fozzy Claws, that could be cool. But then it would be something else. It'd be like Ares's or something. The idea is you have to get around really fast and players aren't willing to ship up. That's what they'll be in until people counter it and they can't do it anymore. I mean, that's Eve... In a nutshell, like players are going to get away with the best thing they can do as long as they're allowed to get away with the best thing they can do. If the best thing they can do is super cancerously unfun, maybe it needs to get changed. But that fundamental dynamic is always going to be there. Anyway, let's move on. Host highlights. I got two subs and a super kill last weekend. It was pretty awesome. I was. With the AFK fleet, we were trying to defend some of their citadels, which are being attacked. Wow, wouldn't it be a great idea for people to contest the actual entosis of their shit? And I was like, 
Oh, that's a whole other thing. Um, yes, they were actually getting their structures attacked, and massive shock and surprise to anyone. They decided to not wait for the reinforcement timer, and decided they would actually try to stop their ships from being, or stop their citadels from being reinforced by fighting. What an amazing concept, Eve. <laughs> actually fighting fleets that come to attack you. Uh, we lost said fight, but it was at least worth a shot. And we didn't lose it by very much. Um, and then the actual reinforcing happened. I was about to head home. I got two subs on the way back, and the attacking forces begged to have their comms streamed because I had been streaming the fight earlier from the AFK side. So I hopped onto their comms after they... Uh, by the way, they were the guys that subbed. So I hopped onto their comms, talked to them for a little bit. They started talking about going out and killing a supercarrier, and they're like, oh, Alex should come, Alex should come. I was like, ah, they're probably going to kill me if I bring my ship back there, but I got in, like, the cheapest thing I could and flew out there just to see, you know, on the off chance, because it could be fun. And sure enough, they gave me a panther, blew up my interceptor, <laughs> and then gave me the money for a new interceptor. They're like, you're in a panther now, Alec. I was like, okay, I guess I am. So I'm sitting here untethered on this super hostile citadel surrounded by a fleet of Black Ops battleships and dreadnoughts. And just like chilling, waiting. Sure enough, they do get a bite. We all jump in on this super carrier that had landed on a citadel. But he was tethered up. So they're trying to bump him off. Not super successfully. And I was kind of dispirited like, oh, this is a botched run. Because, you know, this guy had been tethered up. They didn't wait till he aggressed or something. This is going to suck. For some friggin' reason, this guy launched fighters <laughs> and decided to lock. And then he unlocked and got retethered. But the fighters were still out. So we shot the fighters and they aggressed. And then he was basically screwed at that point. We hicked him. They put the dreads in. And wiped the floor with him. It's possibly the most incompetent super pilot I've ever seen. He had already been dropped on. He was perfectly safe. And then he decided to fight. That's <laughs> <laughs> the most ass-backwards logic I have ever seen. But it was a pretty cool kill. It was about 30 bills worth. I enjoyed it very much. The uh, NSH, Straight Jacket Bear, Hash, Rope guys were all really fun to hang out with. Um... It was just really cool, uh, cool environment on their comms. Enjoyed it a bunch. Would definitely do it again. My shout out uh, is really the only thing I've done in Eve uh, in the last two weeks, besides sit on Thunderdome and scrim for the Alliance tournament. And that was had a fleet uh, last evening, the evening before. I can't quite remember to be honest with you. And it was to kill an Asbel in low sec. It was a did he say jump Asbel. They moved it over to an alt corp because killboards are a thing that apparently matter to people's EP. And so it was SC, MC, and Siege Green who were there. We brought some armor materials and we're shooting at the thing. And an interesting thing happened. Like 90 already tornadoes showed up and started volleying off our materials. So that was fun. I was flying Lodgy. Uh, it was great locking up pods all evening. Eventually we realized that the natives had realized that because MC did not pimp out the materials to the extent that Siege Green and Shadow Cartel had, they could volley MC materials with more regularity than others. And so I eventually just had to tell my MC bros, okay, if you're in a material, warp off to the friendly Portazar 
and we'll get you back in to get on the kill mail. And so that's <laughs> what happened. We warped off the MC guys. We still had enough materials to hit damage cap on the Asbel and hold the field because there was nothing the natives could do other than come in, volley a thing, warp off, come back in 30 seconds later. But with uh, no more non-pimped materials and no way to really force the fleet off, the Asbel died. We killed about 5 bill of random battle cruisers, plus 10 bill in the Asbel, and lost 6 bill of materials. It was fun. It was interesting. Um, yeah. So you were not able to fire back on the natives, or they were we just could. hitting you faster we than were... you could react? We brought already materials. We could hit them. Uh, you just, we couldn't lock them down. Like, it was low sec. There are no bubbles or anything, so they fit eye stab. All they did was come in, shoot one volley, then warp back off. We killed, like, anywhere from two to six per time they came in and shot a Macarial. But, I mean, if you're rolling off a Macarial and you're losing a few BCs, you're happy with that trade. Yeah. And they're probably worth about, what, 125, 150 a pop? Yeah. I'd definitely take three or four of those for a Mac. Yin? Yeah, uh, my host highlight for today is um, just on winning a bunch in PUBG. I haven't actually been playing a huge amount of EVE outside of running Stratops, in which I have consistently made the choice not to engage, so I can't really use those as great examples of fun and interactive gameplay TM. Um, but yeah, no, I've won like eight matches of PUBG, been playing with a bunch of Provi dudes. It's been great fun. Nice. Nids? I've been uh, helping out quite a bit with some of the hoardlings and gangs on the infrastructure to uh, go annoy volition calls in Aquarius, and it seems to be working. Uh, so, been having a little bit of fun there and beating up on some ex allies of mine that, you know, kind of deserve it, and especially if you go with the goons. So, that's that's been fun some days, you know, doing 200 jump days. It's like the good old days, yeah. Uh, I haven't been winning at PUBG. I lose pretty much every match. So I'm terrible. I you need to play with a coward like me. It works really well. <laughs> it does work. You get a lot higher when you're a little girl running around. Alright, and uh, we'll do Theory Crafting Corner and all that stuff another time. We're over time for the show. I have to get going. Got a fleet to FC. So that's it, guys. Go to declarationsaward.com to participate in the poll and leave a comment on the show. Capitalist Army is recruiting. We could use a few good capitalists. If you want to get in on this phantom war that Nydia doesn't believe exists because he never read it on Reddit, uh, you can hop into the Capitalist Army and uh, we'll get you plugged into the War in Great Wildlands, which is it's not probably real. the second most interesting thing happening in Eve. What's the Providence? Most? Providence. Oh, okay. Yeah, Providence. interesting. It's just, just the status quo, you know, humdrum old things. Yeah, but it's it's an interesting status quo. Alliances that you recognize the names of are fighting over very expensive things. Okay, it's fair fake enough. news. There's nothing going on in Great Wildland. And I'll maybe 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 it's the third thing. Like any time there's an interesting brawl in low sec, that might be more important. But that's less regular. If you want to go to a place where cool things are happening, small gang, zero zero content on the regular, a war where both sides actually don't like each other, and they're actually trying to fight each other and kick each other out, and people care about being kicked out, then you should come to Great Wildlands, possibly join the Capitalist Army, and participate in the 
second, possibly third most interesting thing going on in the game right now. Join Capitalist Chat, that's Capitalist Space Chat in game for more info, or hit me up, Alexa Card, catch me on stream, etc. That's uh, twitch.tv slash Alec. I do recruit from the stream chat, so it's a thing. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, good hunting, listeners. <laughs>